Okay, hello, welcome to this episode 67 of the Northern Invasion podcast. And you are joined this week, well, I am joined this week, this is me, Stu West, and I am joined by, um, well, what, what's your what's your title now, Mr. Curry? Master Du, uh, Master Squared. Master Squared, the return. Re- re- return of the Master. Yeah, yeah. Are you the first person to ever win two in the bounce? I am the first person in Scotland to win two in the bounce. There you go. Our first ever captain and our first double master. I think Bayless might have. No, he retained it for two years. Oh, yeah, that was the COVID. COVID. Master (laughs) squared by default, yes. That was all before my time. (laughs) He doesn't count, John. He's only half stone age. You get two stars on your shirt now, Andy. Two stars, wow. I honestly hadn't even thought about that, but that might actually that might have been my day. You have to do it. <laughs> and a little crown or something, I don't know. But we are joined, you'll have heard some other voices there. We are joined um by Mr. Martin Johnson. Hello. And by Mr. Craig Robertson. Hello guys. Hello. So our uh, our interlopers, our valued guests this evening come from the northeast so you guys are based up in the aberdeen shire way are you city or shire oh shire i think we're both city uh no both shire <laughs> both shire yeah. so yeah i can't possibly pass comment um but i've heard that the shire is better than the city uh I, yeah i shouldn't pass comment either <laughs> No, so uh, so thank you very much for joining us. So before we get started, we will do a little hobby roundup. So I'm going to go to you first, Craig, because you're top right on my screen. What have you got on your hobby table, or what are you working on at the minute? Um, to be honest, I'm in a bit of paralysis. I'm waiting for the battle <laughs> scroll before I know what I can actually build and paint. Oh, um, it's awful! It's awful. The battle scroll is the worst yeah. thing. Yeah, I was just because well. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about what I'm going to take to Scourge, what's getting nerfed. There was some pretty juicy rumours about Fire Slayers getting some magma drop point drops. If that was the case, I was looking very much forward to getting them back on the table. But um, yeah, just sit and wait and find out. I do have the OBR Christmas box that me and Martin did a bit of a um, deal from. So I've got the Mortec Guard, the Harvester, the Leash Cavalos, and the Death Riders out of that box, which are literally sitting right in front of me. I've built about half of it, but other than that, I'm just waiting. Are you going for a particular Legion, or are you going freestyle? Um, It's pretty freestyle. I mean, I've got pretty much everything you need to run pretty much every, any OBR list, but um, I think this would be kind of more towards crematorians, if anything. Oh, cool. Just because more bodies and blowing up and stuff. Yeah, are you gonna are you Love gonna paint it. them all fiery? Um, it, it's a bit of a common theme in my armies. They're all red, white, and black. <laughs> Literally <laughs> all of them. Yeah, and everything. Uh, yeah. Well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I get it. I, people rib into me quite a lot in Aberdeen for it, but it's my favorite three colors. So I paint all my armies that way, and I think it works. So yeah, they, <laughs> they just... do. They do look good, Craig. I'll give you that. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. So that's red, yellow, and black. Red, so, white, yeah. and black. Red, white. I was thinking, and I was trying to think of a flag, and I was getting Belgium. Uh, have we got a red, white, and black flag? Syria. Um, <laughs> <not sure. laughs> Syria. Syria. 
all right, okay. Right, I guess I'm making maybe a rack. Hammer models, yeah, I suppose. Surely yeah. it's green on your rack. There's a theme. Is it? Oh. Uh, anyway, I'm going to digress. Take, uh, I'll take Trinidad and Tobago. That's where my models are from. There we go. That's a good one. Solid. So, Martin, what about yourself? Uh, not much. Just actually winding down from the weekend, but mainly still plugging away with uh, my ogres. I've added to the, the pile yet again. Uh, also got some Morgas that Craig was speaking about earlier, but yeah, generally just hobby butterflying. Okay. I can't really uh, seem to settle on anything. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that battle sprawl, we touched on it there before I came to you, Andy. I found it a bit of a problem. And I know that people like it because it keeps the points fresh and everything. But I found myself when I was doing it, for the, like, that's six weeks or so before it comes, if not more, you find yourself not doing anything because you don't want to commit. And yeah. then when you do commit, yeah. it's like three months later you get another update. And I'm so slow. I'm never on the ball anyway. <laughs> I think it's a fair show. I think uh, we're seeing right across the hobby right now, folk are in a state of paralysis. Like we all have limited hobby time and we all enjoy our narrative games, but ultimately a lot of us are driven by tournaments. So when you're waiting, well, that's nearly, we were promised quarterly. It came out in September. We're in February now. It kind of almost feels like a wasted, not wasted, certainly, but it's a difficult seven weeks post-Christmas where you want to have a hobby buzz. Yeah. yeah it's not really appeared. Yeah, what we get is going to take us through to the next edition, I'd imagine. I can't yeah. see us getting another another bunch after this. Nah, I think they'll, they'll fine-tune this one and that's it. They'll force. Yeah. Yeah, no, for me especially, I, I've just I've just started a new job in on Monday. So I took a bit of a holiday break in between. So from the I worked in the first week of January, and then since then I've been off. And I thought fantastic, the battle scroll will come out. I'll get a solid bit of hobby done. I can buy a new army and just get it built and painted and ready to go. And I've just been sitting here. This is the last two days of my holiday. Nothing. <laughs> oh, that's a disgrace. That's Games Workshop ruining your holidays. Yep. <laughs> So what have you been on, Andy? What's the new filth? What's coming? So what have I been on? I was in a bit of hobby paralysis as well, to the extent I actually flooded with a couple of other systems. So the old Christmas uh, boxes came out. And I was like, oh, I really like that uh, World Eaters box. And I really like that uh, Angron model. So went and got myself some, some Angron and uh, Berserkers and Karn. And uh, as we talk right now, I'm building Angron. So I think uh, 2024 could be... Second half of 2024, at least, anyway, could be a bit of dabbling in the old 40k. Because mm, you're, you're uh, signed up for Worlds, of course. With, of course, uh, I'm contractually committed to playing AOS in the first six months of the year. So so Nathan and DJ won't be allowing you to be uh, dabbling in other systems. Unless you're going to be proxying it for something else. That's going back in the shelf. If I could TTS at this moment in time, I would be doing it. Nathan would expect me to do both. <laughs> Well, why are you not doing? Why have you not got it on now? I don't have the mental capacity. You can like, multitask. You can do it. <laughs> no, it's it is a difficult one. I've got a few things going. I I unfortunately couldn't make it to um a couple of events early in the year. I've just got too much on my work, so I had to drop out of a couple. And I have two things that I'm that I'm working on. I'm working on either Nurgle, um, or uh, Soul Blight, which Again, I'm waiting for some kind of a battle scroll to tell me <laughs> tell me which one I need to do. I've got Aegon coming up in March, and then I've got um, Broken Realms in April. 
Uh, so yeah, I need to decide what I'm doing, but I'm not touching any of it until I know because my time's limited. Yeah. I've I've actually been painting Fallout stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, That's new. Where'd that come from? From Kickstarter or? No, no, it was just 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 the standard stuff from the the board game. They have got nice. a new skirmish game out, but I'm doing the models out of the board game. Um, it's really good. It's it's the nice little models, and it's good for a change. Aside from that, I've been doing rumble slam me and the the smaller child play a bit of that that's like a fantasy wrestling game um and we also have been doing quite a lot of marvel crisis protocol because he's instructed me that that's what we're going to go and play tournaments in this year nice so um he's he likes sigma but it's just a little bit there's a lot to it yeah uh, and he's, he's quite happy painting the odd miniature, but he's not wanting to paint a full army. He started on Seraphon, but he's, he's a slower painter than I am. And he's only here every other week for like a few days. So it'll take him about 30 years to paint his <laughs> army. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's keen on a bit of MCP. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely um, uh, having uh, <laughs> dangerous liaisons with other systems, we could say. But it's all good. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's been quite a bit of news as well, apart from the battle scroll that's been overlooking it, uh, overshadowing everything. We've had a few new armies, and none of you tempted by cities. Nah, uh, I I am a wee bit. I've got a couple of units. I want like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty nice models. They're very detailed though. That's you need a couple. You need a week off work to paint an army. Of that. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's not so much yeah. the human side of things, which I think is what I think you'll probably see if the, you're bringing a tournament list for Cities of Sigmar, it'll be human focused. Um, dwarves were what I got into Warhammer Fantasy with. And I just really like the idea of the old school dwarves just marching up the board. But um, I don't think I would ever take that to a two day or anything like that. I don't think it's going to get many wins. Um, is it a reliable gun line? I've not even looked at the Cities book, to be honest. So I played one game on TTS with it. It was a block of 30... Uh, what is called again? No, no, no. The good armor saved dwarves. Iron drakes. Oh, iron or, drakes, drakes, drakes. Yeah, the yes, one drakes. I think the drakes have the guns, don't they? Um, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. But basically, they're the ones where when you do the um, order with them, they get a four-up ward instead of a five-up ward oh, for the nice. shield wall. Um, okay. So I've got a block of thirty and a block of twenty. Then right behind them, it's just four great cannons. <laughs> which you think could kill most things, but I mean, I shot all four of them into Scarbrand and he lived because they're only hitting on fours, so they're a bit inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the problems with Ogres, I think, wasn't it? When they, uh, well, you'll know that, Martin, the Iron Blasters and things back when they all yeah. fours. Yeah, that that kind of sucks. Yeah, in the in the hands of a good player, it's a different story. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, I'm sure he'll tell me all about it in a bit. We won't let it go to his head just yet. No, 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 not yet. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so Aberdeenshire and Aberdeen, um, it, it used to be a really big presence. I remember when I got into the the Scottish scene, um, just in the back end of 8th edition, there was such a big contingent of folk from uh, the northeast, and they were a bit of a force of nature. And then there was, like, a lot of... Um, really sort of like uh, prominent characters. You had Liam, who was our co-host, of course, um, Mr. Yep. Watt, for a while. And uh, we had uh, we had Kev and his spam lists. 
<laughs> and then we had not the farmer Grant, the other Grant, who was obviously our, uh, he was a really good narrative. Yeah, uh, Grant Moody. Yeah, member of the community, won a couple of our yeah. narrative awards. And uh, But but things then tailed off, but they're having a bit of a resurgence. So tell us about this. Um, what, what You've got a club, you've got a, a venue, have you? And tournaments are starting. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it all kind of stemmed from clash last year i guess when we kind of threw our heads together and frank kelly actually just put it together as the granite city Stormkeep, and it's just snowballed from there i think i think we've kind of gotten about what 18 19 members yeah, i would yeah. say yeah, it's uh, pretty phenomenal when you see it all in your shirts as well you you may you get a good a good team photo there oh yeah yeah we do <laughs> but, <laughs> It's, uh, I think yeah, it was it's, awesome. It's, it's, it was awesome. Sorry, just the I just going to just up, right? How good it was seeing everyone at Clash um, to see you down with your your tops, and I think it was awesome. Um, yeah. Can I like not to talk about the dark days of AS when it first came out when there was like twelve folk at a tournament, but you know seeing the little corners of Scotland with all their own scenes uh, was wonderful, and I think it's a great thing. She great things have done. Well, thank you. Thank you. We're we're getting there. I think we. Uh, we recognise that there's so much guys up here who do play, and it's just kind of ring fencing everyone round the round the stormkeep to say, look, come play, enjoy, have fun, and just join in. You know, do you have like a set venue then, or um, I know that you had the Brewdog Gaming uh, group on a Wednesday for a while, and that's looking to start up again. But do you guys do you have a venue, or do you go to each other's houses, or what do you do? I think. Probably it's uh, Tabletop Central, Tabletop Minis is where we play the most. Um, yeah. That's just yeah. the local kind of city centre place that most people can get to. We ask a, a really good store, great tables. You can just jump in there and get a game pretty much whenever. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I think the the actual Warhammer store in Aberdeen, I think it's unique in the country and it's still got its upstairs gaming space. There's actually still quite a big community around there. So I know mm-hmm. on Thursdays they've got a you know a learn to play kind of night, but you can just show up and play. There's quite a large group of people that play there as well. Um, Martin obviously he's got the D side gaming club. He runs every second Friday. Yeah, every second sure. Friday now. You up to about ten people age of Sigma armies that go to that quite regularly, is it? Uh, yeah, but up between thirty and forty people every two weeks, roughly. Uh, there's only probably about half a dozen or so, say say ten at most AOS players. Yeah. But, you know, there's people dipping in and out. But it's just, it's good that the community's kind of coming out and trying out games and things like that, especially AOS. And well, the, where's, the the D- a, where's the D-side club then, Martin? Well, it's located, I stay in Bankery, which is about 15 miles outside Aberdeen. So it's yeah. located at, at the rugby club in Bankery. So there's a, they had a purpose-built clubhouse. And there's space right. there for probably, I don't know, seven or eight, Warhammer tables, so there's there's regular games there every two weeks, which is great. Yeah, that's really good. So do people travel to it, or do you have folk from Bankery? I I was working in Bankery for a, a week last year, and uh, oh. it didn't seem like it had a massive uh, <laughs> a massive scene. But um, maybe I just didn't look in the right places. <laughs> well, it's, it's in the deepest darkest corners of Bankery, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, a bit of both, to be honest with you. We've had uh, one of our club members, he comes up from Ock and Play every two weeks, 
or tries to. We've had a guy from Perth, mainly locals, but there's people from Aberdeen, Boyne, you know, the surrounding areas, I would say, within a 20-mile radius, roughly. That's really good. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's good. It's good. Uh, it's. I can't, well, I mean, I, I don't know what your background is, Andy, but um, local clubs were great. Um, I didn't really, I moved up to quite a remote part of the world and uh, focused on the hobby and things. And I used to travel down to Warhammer World for tournaments. Yeah. Um, we didn't really have a club up in Hockney at that point. Um, and then I, after that, uh, I started travelling across to Thurso on the ferry and I went across to their games club a couple of times. Um, and then one started here and it was great. This is how I met um, all the boys who come down or have come down to events like Eric and Spadge and Shane and whatnot. Um, met them at the Kirkwall Club and that's a similar thing. It's a Thursday night and they do other things. They do like, you've got like the tables of magic and you've got the historic gamers who come and yeah. there's more 40k than most things. But we used to play like a fantasy there, um, like 8th edition, 7th edition even, I think. And then uh, we, um, we 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 did a Path to Glory for 8th edition just before the end times finished and then straight into another one for Sigma. So, but it's that, Ooh, it, it's great good. just meeting folk at those and, and getting the games and meeting like-minded folk. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's 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 kind of what I found. I think the, one of the main reasons we want to kind of drive the local stuff is that, you know, I, I built, collect and painted mostly 40k, but a bit of more fancy for about 17 years before I even knew the tournament scene existed. Yeah. Um, I booked my, my very first tournament I booked down was down in Warhammer World. So I just wasn't aware there was any in Scotland. And I went along to one local one um, where a lot of the guys that are in the Stormkeep now were there. I didn't know where Scotland chat, so there was other tournaments coming along, blah, 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 blah. Before you know it, I've got a ticket pretty much every single tournament this year so far. Um, but I think Martin's probably in agreement with me. There's massive pockets. There's lots of people who are in similar positions that I was. They just aren't aware that these tournaments are going on of the wider Scottish community. Um, Indeed. And we're trying to kind of like reach out and be like, look, we've got this local club. This is kind of a step towards something bigger you know yeah yeah i think a good way to find out about it because obviously the uh the scotland chat the um the whatsapp chats our main sort of hub but if people yeah, need to get into that and obviously don't have a way in because they don't know folk if you go on yeah. facebook and just look out aos scotland as the group um you can get hit up with a link to the whatsapp from there it's not the most active of thing we, we do tend to post some tournament things on there um, but you'll certainly, if you just say where you are, you'll either get a game really easily, or if not, you'll get an invite into the chat where you'll certainly get them. Um, so, yes. so do encourage people to to look at that, or your your local one um, nearby. If you're not in Scotland, um, they're all over the world. These things, it's amazing, really. Once you, yeah, you you go to a couple of international tournaments. I mean, I remember going to the first Worlds, and we played Malta. You know, Malta's not much bigger than Orkney, and. <laughs> You know, they had like a thriving scene. They had tournaments every other Sunday. It was that's brilliant. Like, oh, such a such a good bunch of people, and they were really good. They smashed us like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great fun. So, so yeah, definitely. Uh, don't underestimate it. Get in and and speak to folk. Um, you'll you'll meet you'll meet good friends, and uh, and you'll get to play the game that you really like. 
So anyway, you ran a tournament. This is uh, one of the main things we're uh, we're asking you about here, Martin. It was your first tournament. So how did you find that? It was. Uh, I loved every second of it. I'm not going to lie. It was great fun. A little bit stressful at times, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it, and it's got me buzzing to do more. To be honest with you. Yeah. Before uh, we get right into it, um, I think that everybody's hero, Alan. Needs a, a nod about yeah. taking what is without doubt the coolest <laughs> army that was there. Um, I don't know if you saw, did you see these armies, Andy? No, but where can I? I'll go and have a look just now by user player. Yeah, so um, if you, it, it's on, it's on, um, it's on Stats and Ladders. That's the link in Skype there for you. Lovely. Right, I'll have a look while you're there, player. Yeah, you you just have a quick look and uh, look at Alan's list. Go on, you talk us through it. This is the master going to analyse this list. This <laughs> right, has got my coolest right. army award. Right, I live in the remotest part of the southwest of Scotland, so you've got to have a couple of seconds to fire up. It's not exactly oh, ultra fast like Orkney is. Eh? <laughs> not like us. <laughs> so, while he's looking for the coolest list, talk us about the talk us through the venue and the numbers, then Martin. Uh, well, it was held in Bagri, the the local scout hut, which probably can hold about 40 people i would say about 40-ish craig did we work out uh, yeah more or less i think yeah roughly about there tables in but roughly yeah i mean the, the, the space is there and it's great there's it's all self-contained so you can have your food you can have your drink you can have separate rooms for like a little chill out area whatever so it's great from that respect. Uh, Number-wise, we ended up at 18 with me playing, which I didn't want to do, but <laughs> we had five drops and we filled all but one space, basically. Wow. Which was good. And we ended up giving away a free ticket as well, which I think I'd like to do for maybe the next one as well for a newer player. Yeah. I know that was... That was done previously by somebody. I can't remember. Uh, John Harper used to do that for his events. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that. That's a great thing yeah. to do. Yeah, that's great. Because there was one, two, four or five players who were new that I, there was what, three that I knew and two that I didn't came along. So that was brilliant to see new players coming in and seeing yeah. that there's a scene here. Yeah. I think the feedback from every single one of them was, this was great, when's the next one? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty when much. is the next one? When is the next <laughs> one? <laughs> well, it's just trying to figure out the next date, basically, based on what else is going on. Uh, I think I'd like to do another one dare, then potentially a two dare. But I'd also like to do something at Common Ground, because to me, that's that's the home of Scottish AOS. Yeah, definitely. If it weren't for yeah. Common Ground, we really wouldn't have a yeah. scene. We were talking no. earlier about the dark days. If it weren't for Steve, we'd have been, we'd have been, well, there wouldn't have been an us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it would be nice to give back to, uh, to Steve and Common Ground. But it's nice that we've got this space up here. You know, it, yeah. it means that we can pull in twenty-ish players for a for an event. And hopefully, like some of the Broken Realms crew expressed an interest, like yourself, Stu, Andy, you know, if we can pull out 30-odd players at a tournament in Bankry, for God's sake, that's yeah. pretty impressive. 
Yeah, definitely. You've done a really good job. So I know that the Broken Realm guys were so impressed with the tournament and the feedback and what you were doing in terms of publicising it that there's chat of a minibus that was coming up next time. So <laughs> you're pulling yeah. people in across from the country. So you well, know, you should be, as I said, you should be proud of what you're doing, but you've got a good brand and a good draw there. So no, I think you're yeah, going to see you. a, whatever it is you do, whether it be another one day or a, or a two day, you better make sure you've got enough space because you're going to be inundated <laughs> in the world when it come up. That's my fear, Andy. <laughs> Aye, success is a, a success. Is a I know. Sometimes I know. Th- th- I do have another venue in Bankry, but it it drastically increases in price, and that's my concern. Yeah. But the space is fantastic. So yes, is the thing. I think see on price. I think sometimes we as, as Scots in general can make get paralysed overthinking what people are willing to pay for a weekend. But fuck that out. What are people willing to pay for a nice weekend away? Um, you know, how much do you spend with your partners, your husbands, your yeah. wives, you know, you go away, you spend three, four hundred pounds a weekend away. Sometimes you need a bit of time to yourself, you know, what mm-hmm. do you actually budget in for that? So I know that I would rather spend a fair whack of money knowing I'm going to get a good weekend away, a bit of a social uh, and, and a, a good venue than to pay mm-hmm. 20 quid and be squeezed into somewhere where I don't think I'm quite enjoying myself as much. And have done no. in the past, you know, some venues, I think I'm paying, you know, 15, 20 quid and you turn up and you're like, wow, this is a, a uh, gutted yeah. out shop. You know, there's nothing, <laughs> this isn't really worth my money or my time, but yeah, I think God, yeah. what, it is, what it is that users are doing is something completely different. Yeah, I, I, I like to think so. Uh, it's, it's just an opportunity that came up, it actually came up via my son's birthday party. And the space was just, first thing in my head was, right, I know what's happening here. See, for but, people who might be listening, how did you bridge that? You know, How did you go from thinking this would be a great space to just make that happen? Because so for some people, that might be something that's difficult for them to do. So, you know, what was it that kind of gave you that drive to, to get from seeing somewhere to actually out there publicising it? Uh, pro- probably the fact that I, like, I'm a, I'm quite an organised kind of guy, like I've, I've run Fitba teams and things like that. So I'm pretty, I like to think I'm pretty on the ball with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid of chasing people for money for things and asking for free things. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no shame, put it like that. I can attest to that. There you go, box number one, folks, for prospective TOs, no shame. Yeah, if you don't ask, you don't get. But just contact people. You know, speak to people, tell them either what it's for or what you'd like to do. You know, if they can't help you, maybe they know somebody who can. And I got lucky, you know, it was, yeah, we can hide it. Yes, you can do this. Yes, you can do that. It, it all, it was like a perfect storm, Andy, to be honest with you. Everything just fell into place beautifully. Um, I think you're selling yourself short there. You know, there's obviously a lot of energy <laughs> goes into it. But no, I think, uh, I think that's a great show. You know, I just actually doing something rather than thinking I could do it. You've, you've actually just went out there and done it. Not been afraid to fail, you know, bounce back. And uh, if, you, if you didn't get let down by anyone, you just kept going. So I think Brilliant. people uh, kind of pull out, drop out for different reasons and stuff. But my my target was a dozen people. I would have been delighted. Yeah. You know, I would have been extremely delighted with that. And I'd still push for the next one. But yeah, 18. I'm delighted. it's it's very good so let's have a look let's have a look at these lists so 
just touching on them there then. So Alan Dow, did you have a look at that then, Andy? So oh, yeah. Mr Dow had a, a, a Kellyan King, an Eidolon, Lotan, a Sorenda and a Thrillmaster. Two, <laughs> two <laughs> Leviathans. Oh, what a man. Oh, man. He's that, a bloody hero, isn't he? Uh, what? Yeah. I was like, oh, Leviathan. Oh, another one. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and a two-drop list as well. I, I, I take my hat off to you. Well done. And uh, that that is that is all that is some very very fighty big shells with. Uh, I, I, I can attest to that. He's <laughs> a <laughs> two, by the way. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very bold list, isn't it, Andy? I think if you're, gonna, if you're going to break the meta, then why not go for that hard that hard shell exterior? <laughs> I love it. I thought it was amazing. I saw that and I was. I'd, I'd looked through them and I'd look at it and then I noticed that uh, Martin had said, oh, we've kind of narrowed it down to these anyway. And I'd already picked it, so I was quite happy that they narrowed it down to that one. Yeah, there were some good lists over the, for the tournament. There really yeah. was. So if we look at the top three there then, so Alan George, uh, Alan's coming on and Alan again has burst onto the team in about what? three years ago or something, I think it must be when I first started, got my first game yeah. against Alan, and his, his armies look fantastic. Oh, and he's, he's another way, he's, he's, he's really getting to know him now, and he's, you know, he's he's got a lot more uh, familiar with the game, and he's, a, he's a, hopefully he's enjoying himself, he seems to be. He's, it's it's yeah. great to see him about. And getting in a podium place in an 18-person tournament. He's by far one of my favourite people to play against. Oh, yeah, like, 100%. He's an absolute gem. Yeah. He's really good, and he's taken his filthy Nurgle. He's not on the FEC. I was a little bit surprised, but is that because FEC, the new book wasn't in play? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't in place, too. It wasn't in yeah. play. Yeah. So, well, you go on uh, again, Andy. You're uh, you're the master of Maggotkin. The master of Maggotkin. <laughs> yeah, go on. Appear to fall down hard. So we've got <laughs> Belakor, a great unclean one, uh, a Morbidex, and the Glockin. So. You know, only a casual 1,700 points put into, or 1,600 points, sorry, put into the uh, leaders. But, you know, if you're going to pick a, someone to ally in, you, you ally in the Dark Master, don't you? Yeah. Um, I think I think he's leading heavily into waiting for a stop of the bell pepper to appear. Um, but the level of control that this army has on the table, even being able to fling 10 play bearers in when you least expect it, if you're coming into Glocken range, is, is strong. Uh, and I think the, the four bigs, as it's been summarised down to, it's a nice little twist on that by bringing Belacor into it. I'd be interested to see how he rolled for his Belacor rolls. I think sometimes people who take Belacor, um, they have those tales of woe where they almost expect it to go off. <laughs> There's always that story where if I just rolled that three plus and I won the game. So uh, I, I wonder how his weekend went. But what uh, that must have been some ammo on the table. I bet it looked, as you guys were saying, I bet it looked stunning. Yeah, and yeah, uh, kudos for getting landing two thousand points right on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the top two, I noticed they're uh, both uh, tied on three wins. Um, first tiebreaker. What was the first tiebreaker? Was it VPs or? Uh, yeah, it was VPs. We decided to go with VPs. Yeah, so it's pretty tight. Um, yeah, two, I think it was two points in it, Stu. Yeah, it's good going. So, so Aaron, Aaron's got. Um, own Reapers, he's got Praetorians and he's taken yeah. the Arcan Catacross um double, the double header. Um those are Death Riders. Um they're just so good. 
and the Amortis Guard and Nifcroclis Stalkers, even though they've had the bit of a, a, a debuff there, they're still so difficult to shift when you're stacking all those pluses on them. So yeah, uh, I, th- I think uh, they're not easy at all to get through. If you rely on Rend, uh, going into the Bone Reapers is always going to be a challenge because unless you've got um, some pretty solid mortal wound output, you're going to really struggle into that. Um, they've got the magic control as well there with Arcan, so so yeah, it's a it's a, a good solid list. I can I don't know what missions yeah. you did. What were the what were the missions? Uh, round one was Ice Fields. Oh, nice. Um, Nobody plays Ice Fields. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> uh, round two was limited resources, and game three was Pulse. Oh, okay. And yeah, then, I really like Pulse. Uh, yeah. Pulse is a great little one, no matter what you're playing. I find it's pretty good. It's the same with, um, what's that uh, one where you choose which two ab- objectives to, uh, to activate? Power Flux. Power Flux. I really like that one as yeah, well. It's a good one. Yeah. And then the the winners there then was uh, um, just pipping it there on the VPs was Legion of Night. Everybody loves the Legion of Night <laughs> with Manfred. So he gets my my respect. He's, he has taken in Vaudry though. Paul, 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 doing. But yeah, uh, it's great. Felbats, Felbats are absolute brilliant. For Ninety points. They're so fast. When we were at the Brewdog tournament, I had mine up to six attacks each. They were <laughs> just ripping through everything. They were so nice. And then two units of Graveguard in that one as well, uh, down to a two drop. It's yeah, it's it's good. There's a good mix of uh, armies there. Both uh, Aaron is quite new. Like, I'd never met him before, but he's based in Aberdeen. So that's great to see somebody new coming in and doing really well. Yeah. And Paul, I played at Onslaught last year, and he's just come on leaps and bounds. Paul come up to the D-Side Club. He's Yeah, he's really keen to get more Sigmar games in. So if you're anyone around the Perth area, give him a shout. Yeah, definitely. No, I, th- I think that it's it's really, really nice to see. I was saying earlier, I don't know if you were on the call then, Andy, that uh, there used to be a really strong contingent from Aberdeenshire sort of way, and they were always a bit of a force. And I know you, we've still got uh, Mr. Bayless, who's, who's always going to be snapping around at the top there, bossing people about, but there's definitely some potential here. I won't be surprised if Aberdeen starts making its mark again uh, on the national tournaments. We're doing our I think, best. Uh, We're turning in. <laughs> I think at one point, at least 40% of the national team were from Aberdeenshire. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it just speaks to the strength of that area. But um, it'll be interesting to see where we are in a couple of years' time with the kind of scene that you guys are fostering. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. It's good. I mean, it's, uh, it's good to get <coughs> a younger, younger player like Craig coming through. Uh, you've got Liam. I was going to say, uh, God, who else you got? You've got Ricardo as well. There's lots of good young players coming through and enjoying the game and getting results as well. So it's great to see. But there's no, there's no more tribes in this tournament. Oh, there is. Sam's there. Sam's yeah. there. Sam's, tribes. Sam took his stone horns. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That's all right there. When when it's in the north, I I always imagine that um, there's yourself and Ricardo pushing pushing your big oh, boys yeah. around. 
Oh yeah. I mean, this 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 is a constant frustration when we're thinking about teams lists or whatever. Like, if we've got Martin and we've got Ricardo, who both mainly play ogres. Like, who are we going to give the ogres to? You can never decide. Yeah, there you go. They just have to have some kind of an eating competition, clearly. Oh, well, I'm double the size of Ricardo, so I'll win. I, I don't know. I think he could slyly put a lot away. <laughs> I can't say anything. There's nothing to Andy. I remember us going away for a, a tournament once, and Andy was our uh, captain, and he decided to go into an eat-off against... Was it against Mickey Wendell? <laughs> It was. Uh, I think Mickey walked, in, Mickey walked in at the end, but it was all it was all team based, so it was all of us. Uh, you, me, Scott, Riath. Did anyone else try it? I think at least four of us tried the Ogre Burger. Oh, it was um, obscene. I couldn't eat it. There was just too much bread. It was dry. It was oh, dry. I could have done yeah, with some more sauce, but I still finished it because um, ultimately uh, I will not be beaten by food. I, I couldn't believe it, honestly. It was absolutely ridiculous amount of food. It was the biggest burger I've ever seen. We've got Agon in a couple of weeks, um, and they've got a belly buster challenge down there um, in Windermere where you can either go for this obscene sort of triple-double burger challenge. So it's like three double burgers oh. with an, an unholy amount of chips and coleslaw. But then they've got a hot wings challenge as well, which I think I'm going to go in for. So you've got to do 10 in 10 minutes and then not move for 10 minutes afterwards. I think I might be able to do that. But my days of eating all that bread and meat are, are behind oh, me, unfortunately. That's a lot of bread and meat. like. Oh, man. My gout just couldn't deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking well, Thank you for having us on. No, it's, it's been great to, to speak to you. And... And yeah, we'll look forward. I'm definitely going to come down. So if you get one and it's either the school holidays so I can bring the kids or if I've not got the kids, I'll definitely be along. Yeah. Well, we do. Um, it's slightly different from the single stuff, but we do have a teams tournament coming up quite soon. I know it's different if you're just on your own being able to come down. But if anybody's listened to this and wants to put together a team and come up um, 6th and 7th of April, just shoot me a message. Yeah, no, that'd be good. So um, we'll get. Uh, are you on the Twitter, Greg? Um, I, I've set up a Granite City Stormkeep Twitter account actually. I've not okay. done anything with it yet, but it is there. So we'll we'll uh we'll stick um the address in our uh, show notes so people can get in touch with you guys if they want to either uh, arrange a game in Aberdeenshire region, uh, pop along to a club night, or come yep. to one of your tournaments. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I think this might be on. This might automatically populate YouTube as well, so I'm not sure. You may be listening to this on YouTube or on a podcast platform. Either way, check the notes and you'll uh, you'll you'll get it. Right. Well, thank you very much. I'm moving Pleasure. you out of the way here, uh, Martin. You won't believe this, but Joking. it's probably not been uh, publicised yet. It, well, it definitely hasn't because it's not it's not been published yet. It's on the thingy. But I'm running a campaign at the moment for YouTube. And you're one of the main characters. So, oh, am I? Yes, you Ooh. are indeed. Um, <laughs> it's it, it was drawn should... out of the the plastic bag of joy from <gasps> our channel members and um, wow. patrons. So whenever we bump into a new character, somebody comes out of the bag. So it's just adding a bit of uh, muddy. <laughs> and, and yeah, you're uh, you're, you're a star. So I've been ripped from the bag. On it yet though. But that'll be uh, that'll be on next week, so make sure you uh, you have a bit of free time to watch that one. Oh, I will do. Don't worry. 
Don't worry. Uh, I'll be. I, I will be trying to release a, a date in the next couple of weeks, but I am kind of leaning towards after the Euros. So I would say July, August time. I hope. Okay. Oh, that'll be grand. Well, we'll hopefully get along to that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll hopefully see you see you at an event soon at Broken Realms. I think it'll be the next Scottish one I'm in. So I'll hopefully catch. Yeah. Same. There. All right, cracking. Well, thank you very much, and we shall uh, see you soon. And then there were two. Oh, oh, <laughs> tell me what you're wearing, Andy. Tell me what you're wearing. You couldn't handle it, I told you what I was wearing. Here we go, here we go. Okay. Wait, wait, so... wait, wait. Oh, mine's is open. I'm down to the dregs. I might have to go and re- re- uh, restock. Hmm. Keep talking to me. My Bluetooth range is quite good. I think I can actually go downstairs and get one without losing it. Okay. Well, no, I'm actually, I'm only drinking cola. That's uh, disappointing. No, no, I'm uh, I'm off the ale. Why? Well, yeah, I've been off the ale now for a while. It's your choice. Um, for the year so far. For the year? You're going for a yeah. dry year? I'm going for a full year, yeah. Is this to prove it to yourself or just because? Yeah, of... yeah, proving to myself mainly. Because uh, yeah, I've never gone that long before, and uh, yeah, I think I'm getting old. I'm getting old. The body is not what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I may laugh, but the gout really is giving me some. <laughs> so I have to, uh, I have to rein it in. So. Yeah, no, I'm not at that stage yet. I still uh, after the stress. Because you're a much. child. A child. Child. Fucking <laughs> thirty-five. I tell that to my knees. Still a child. They don't believe me. Anyway, this anyway. will be the last one of the night. So professional, Andy, professional. Here we go. Let's uh, let let's talk a little bit. There was another tournament this last weekend, wasn't there? Uh, just a wee one. Just a wee one. So this was um, the Scottish, the Northern Masters, I should call it, not just the Scottish, because um, for those that don't know, um, Mighty Mike Callahan. Um, manages the the rankings for the North. Um, so whenever we have tournaments, I think it's if there's a tournament over eight people, I think it is, yeah, um, it's eligible to score rankings points. Um, and there's a, a calculation, an algorithm, if you will. Um, so if you have a, this might not be 100% accurate, but if you have a tournament over 40 players, that's five games, it's worth 100 points might be a bit more. It might be based on the capacity at Common Ground. So if it's a one-dayer, it's based on 60% of the 100 points, if it's the right size. And then it scales down accordingly, depending on the number of players. Um, And what happens is you basically have that 100 points, and then you divide that by the number of players, and then the person who comes second gets that much took off, and da-da-da-da-da. So the person at the bottom is going to get like, I don't know, um, potentially zero points and the person at the top can get up to 100. And you take the top four scores, I think it is, um, from qualifying events throughout the year. And the top 16 players get invited to the Masters, which this year was run by our former podcast colleague our co-host who went on to bigger and better things mr watson um we can't ask what's on the painting table anymore i have to fight myself not to 
<laughs> so Nathan ran it um, and he tried some new things. Uh, so before we go into what happened, um, the main thing, I suppose, that was the talking point amongst folk is a two list system. So how did that work? Tell us that first of all. So the two list system was, yeah, that was different. That, and that certainly got the old tongues wagging. So you picked a faction and you picked two lists and we knew what the scenario was where going into the weekend. So we didn't know the order, but we knew what was coming our way. So while I kind of pontificate about the, the two list system, I'll try and find what the what the four uh, weekend uh, quests quests uh, missions were. So we, we get told this when the pack came out. So what happened was it's great. So Northern Masters, you've made it to top 16 now. Spoiler, folks, I was not in the top 16. I was, yeah, but you were the returning master. So I was the returning master, so I was given the opportunity to come back and defend my crown. So that was much appreciated, but you still had to qualify by playing four tournaments throughout the year to then come back and defend your crown. So still supporting the, Scottish, uh, the Northern scene, still you know making sure that it wasn't completely... I could win it then sit out for the rest of the year. But uh, the rest of us... Uh, got messaged and said congratulations you're in the top x uh, of uh, the northern masters scene would you like to join us at the the hotel for the northern masters on the 4th of february so lovely invite you know it kind of adds a bit to the weekend very nice work from nathan so in that packet said you must bring two lists and from those two lists you and your opponent for the first 10 minutes of your game will play a little game where you look at each other look at the mission Think about what mission, think about what list you might take and basically try and put down the list that you think is giving you the best opportunity against your opponent. Why? Well, I guess it takes out a bit of the the randomness, you know, or the complete and utter opposite ends of the scale where you might play an army that you know that every time it beats you when you take a list that's meant to be an all comers. Whereas you could then take a shooting list and a combat list if your faction had the ability to take you know those two types so you could take a really magic heavy list and then if you're up against corn or um the obr one that ignores null myriad then you could pivot to your combat army so it brought a little extra bit of spice to the weekend and i think actually went down really well you know i could look around the room and see folks doing that old conversation when you were sitting at lunch having your you were sitting talking to your your uh, friends and you're saying what are you going to take if he takes that or you know what mission is it you're going to take that list so it was nice and i think it's something that scotland's not really done before um i know you did we used to at northern invasion well we used to have a sideboard yes yeah, uh, a sideboard that was it so we'd have a sideboard of like different points i remember i think the first northern invasion i can't quite remember now it was like uh you'd just have a pool of points that you could spend and pull out of um, but that was before we had proper GHBs and things. Um, this is, I think, this is pretty unique as far as Scotland goes. I mean, I've seen it elsewhere, but there were some restrictions. It's like it still had to be the same allegiance, didn't it? So you couldn't take coalesced and starborn. You yeah, had to yeah. take two starborn, but you could adapt how it was. But you could take like an underguts and a boulder head, or you could take an Elmariad and a Petrifex elite. So the, the, it wasn't completely restricted, you know, oh, there right, was still okay. a bit of this, you were still, I think it was because I think if anyone would recognize if you could get a Coalesced and a Starborn, that was pretty broken. You know, you were getting the best of both worlds in that sense. Yeah. Um, it was almost like you get the sub-faction of the sub-faction. You don't get to have both sub-factions 
they give you opportunities to completely play into either side. So yeah, it was, it was. I think it worked. I think it worked well. I think in general, everyone, if you were to kind of canvas the the field, everyone yeah, so, would agree. So uh, without looking at yours, um, what sort of lists did you see in terms of the variety between the two? Um, what what's so, a good example of somebody who you think made good use of it? So I think if you looked at the OBR, so there was four, 25% of the field was OBR. Okay. And I think to a person, everyone either took a Nelmeriad or a Petrofessily. Now, um, that I think that's a perfect example of covering off against what the meta's looking like. Yeah. So a lot of the kind of chat in the, the Masters group or the Scottish AOS group before the Masters was, yeah, there's going to be six or seven Seraphons there, so why wouldn't you take an Elmeriad army basically negates what they do yeah. and that and that obviously came to fruition but you still have to kind of balance it off against the, the destruction armies the, the, the kind of death armies and stuff that don't have as much magic but you need to have that punch that counter punch yeah. so I think all the OBR players did that but what was nice to see is that not every list was a cookie cutter of the other one you, there was still a bit of um, you know the individuality in which people could pick and choose what they liked what they didn't like and that, that came out in the lists. So across the weekend, that's probably a kind of perfect example. Um, if you looked at someone like um, like Rich, Richard, uh, he took all the Iron Jaws. Yeah. And I don't think there was too much of a difference between these two no, lists. all the pigs. And all the pigs all are all the pigs. pigs but, <laughs> and he, but he played a little bit of tunes with uh, the command traits and artifacts that he took. Mm-hmm. That works for him. You know, he either had one that can, you know he could use against magic or one where the army didn't have any magic, so he took something that buffed his combat ability. So if you like your list and you just want to have that little bit of, you know, oh, I, wish I, I wish I really had that, um, the, what do you call it, the Nelmeriad, the dust artifact oh, yeah, that I can't remember. That's the, the one. The gold dust or whatever it is. You know, if you deployed your army and thought, I really wish I had that for playing the Seraphon army, you could do that. Yeah. And you could also look at the mission you were on saying and go, that army doesn't agree into that one. Like, why would you take an Undergut's list into Frigid Zephyr? You know, you're basically just you're killing yourself doing that. So you could pivot to your your secondary list and play from there. So good, good all round, good options. Well, that's good. So, so talk us through um, first of all your two lists then, and how they differed. Because I mean, this is this is saying something now. You took the same faction you won the masters with last year and it's not what people had think it'd be the first uh, the first choice if you were going to go and and win a masters tournament tell people what you took so i took ogres i took the uh, the fat boys and yeah. there's a little bit of me going into this weekend where i felt like uh, i didn't deserve to be there if that makes sense i was like 32nd in the rankings so i felt like chasing the meta was a bit outrageous to rock up with corn or something like that so if i was going to be defending champion why not be defending champion with the faction that i defended with last year and there was a minute where i was taking lumineth and i was going to take the list from the world's championships that won and so on and so forth but ultimately i am not a painter and i think there was more of a narrative to me taking the ogres <laughs> with me and, and there's also a benefit in that there's not much going on there there's not a lot, a lot of cerebral effort needed to push the ogres about you can it gives you a chance to breathe to think about what's going on 
because I think something we've not touched on is that there was clocks in every table. Yeah. So, you know, it was under that kind of world Six Nations pressure where you and your opponent get an hour and 25 each and every action you, you cut the, the clock back and forward. So I knew that by only taking a small number of models or a small number of scrolls, it gave me a bit of chance to breathe and maybe react to when something doesn't go my way or mm-hmm. if I'm in a bit of a pinch. Yeah, so, like but, eliminate a phase just yeah. speeds you up so much, doesn't it? Oh yeah, 100%. if you if you I mean not taking what you've got, I've not looked at your list yet, but if you don't have loads of casting to do, and you're on a clock, it's so so nice. You've just got another. It's just you powering through your time, and I always like if I'm gonna go on the clock, I really like to play something that either doesn't shoot or it doesn't do magic or it it eliminates a certain part of the game, so that I can be focusing just on movement which i think is where i get the best out of my games and then uh i don't know i think the look on your opponent's face when they're seeing that their their time's really burning down and you've got loads and you can you know you can go for a tactical shite or something and you know <laughs> i think there was one point in one of my games i might have been game four where one of the people who are watching the game said how how annoying is it that your opponent can stand and take five minutes to pick the battle tactic and that's that's the flexibility that you're given with this army is that you have yeah. the chance to breathe to think about the turns that are coming you can sit and go well i could do that one this turn or i could maybe just push the boat a little bit and try this one you know you're not forced into making decisions you've always got time to reflect and say is this the best thing i want to do right now so yeah. there's a lot to be said and and Ultimately, as well, I'm a lazy boy, so I could go and tap up my good friend Mr. Smith. I could borrow some models. I didn't have to do any painting. So, <laughs> going, going into the weekend, I hadn't had to sit up to one o'clock in the morning doing um, prep for the weekend. So, all in, ogres were the best list for me. So, list number one was all the cows. So, um, we had a Frost Lord and Stonehorn with Arcane Tome and Rockman Elder, which is the minus one to wound. Yeah. A nice beat stick right there. Uh, but also very tanky. We had another Frost Lord. Uh, this time, this was a general with the voice of the Avalanche, so he was able to influence the whole ward. And his mount trait was Metal Cruncher, uh, a sort of overlooked trait. You know, I think a lot of folk thought with the new book it had been pretty much nerfed, but I will say there is nothing like rolling the six for the mortal wounds at the start of the combat phase okay. into somebody yeah. with a three up uh, armor save. Um, it really does help you out. Then a Huskard and Stonehorn um, with a Blood Vulture and the Bludgeon Charger, which gives you the ability to do two monstrous um, charge abilities at the end of the charge phase. And he had the Keening Gale Prayer, which gives me plus three move. And then I had two Monfang packs with the Gargant Hackers, which is the big uh, pole arms. And to round out the battle line, we had a Stonehorn Beast Rider. So it's four cows, uh, four pigs. Um, uh, all in a battle regiment with a three drop, uh, coming in at 1990 points. Doesn't look like a lot on the table, but it does. Uh, it carried me through the weekend. I used this list three times uh, across the weekend. So low model count, but high objective. Um, like um, what do you call that? You know, you counted as ten on objective with yeah. a monster. So it's really useful um, to set a stone horn on there and just negate somebody's. Um, little unit of four or five that's they think's holding the objective yeah. uh, my second list was this was my flip so take under guts um 
rely back on that rend again. Very similar to the list I ran last year when I won Masters. Um, the only difference between this list was that I lost the Hunter uh, and instead upgraded the Huskar to a Frost Lord. Uh, other than that, it was pretty much the same. So it was a Butcher. This time I took Shaman of the Chilled Lands rather than Rabble Rouser to stop the Nobles from running. Meant I had access to Blizzard, to Horfrost if I needed it, but he retained the Grissom Trophy Rack to give me that plus one to against the Heroes and Monsters. The Frost Lord took the Rockman Elder, so still really tough. Six Gluttons, two units of four lead Belchers, 20 Noblers as a speed bump. The Gorger, which was just an extra addition, 80 points, useful for getting to the backfield. Uh, and then the army that I faced uh, with this Nuggets list gave me a little extra edge into kind of trying to cut off some of their army abilities, but we'll talk about that when we get there. And then the punch, the Iron Blasters, just to try and um, yeah. lift the key pieces of my opponent's army. So this one was a bit lower, this was 1960 points, which meant that I could hopefully get my uh, Triumph, which is plus one to wound, which on a Stone Lord, uh, sorry, on a Frost Lord is delightful. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you've already spoke about uh, there's a lot of OBR there and whatnot, but the level of your competition, it seemed from looking and keeping up, keeping on top of some of the, um, can we still call them tweets? I'm going to call them tweets. tweets. It's always going to be Twitter for me. So keeping on top of that and seeing what was happening, um, there's some very, very good players there. And uh, I think that the level of competition was probably as high as it's ever been, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, really fierce field. You know, the if you looked up and down that, there was, I don't think, sometimes when you go to the Masters, there's quite a few drops and we end up uh, running quite far down to the sort of 20s. And that's no disrespect to people that sit there. You know, there's various reasons that people don't get up into the top 16. Only 16 can be there. But um, I think we had at least 13 of the 15 top 16 in that yeah. room. Uh, very, very strong field. Yeah, yeah, it was, and uh, and there were some very, very close games um, that we'll no doubt come to in a minute as well. <laughs> Couldn't get closer. Very, very close. <laughs> so, um, so well, I suppose just talk us through uh, your opponents then for first round, day yeah, one. No, so, so day well, one, day one, you game one. Welcomed first of all by some um, some high end refreshments. So Nathan did a great job in, again, adding to the prestige. Now, I know that he did take some flack on his PR the event. You know, everyone, nobody's perfect, right? Let's, let's be honest, we've all got lives, we've all got a lot going on. Uh, no more, uh, no less than Nathan, you know, family, college, work. This man does it all, but he still found time to think about how to make welcome us all to the room. So we had a nice little uh, Prosecco toast. Um, if any of the owners of the hotel are listening, it was obviously non-alcoholic. <laughs> and uh, he made a nice little speech, you know, welcomes all there, said well done. And it was just a nice little touch, just something a little bit different and really appreciated it. But <laughs> we then launched straight into game one. And from there, all the niceties disappeared and the real game started. So game one, I was playing against uh, Alistair Maxwell now. He OBR. had OBR, yeah, and he went for his uh, no his um, mortis Praetorians, I think I've been calling them something else all day. But the the that list is just uh, no. Did he use that one? I'm actually now thinking. No, I didn't think he did. I think he used his. 
maybe this isn't right. Just maybe it's the bottle. Of, maybe it's the bottle of prosecco, the non-alcoholic prosecco that you downed before the game. Clouded <laughs> your memories. Uh, it could have well have been. Anyway, so it will be our and he was. Um, there was Stacking what's saves. Me, what's, no what's throwing me off is that it looks like there's more death riders in the list than I remember being on the board. Maybe you killed them too fast, eh? Nah, unlikely. So we played uh, round one. The game, uh, the mission was. Should have written this down. Thinking I'd done some prep for this, wouldn't you? You don't have to now. You can just go and crawl back into your cave until next masters. Then <laughs> <And> just reappear. <laughs> They'll wheel you out for the for the the world's tournament. Then you'll come back out again. <laughs> so it's no reward without risk. And um, OBR, there was um, Arcan, we had Catacross, we had Death Riders, we had Mortis and Guard, yeah. Mortis Guard, you know, all the usual good stuff. And I thought Cows was the best way to go. Uh, Alistair pushed forward turn one, tied me up, and I got lucky that by the end of my turn one, I haven't gone first. I'd cleared out all his Death Riders, which kind of left me free then to start reacting uh, for the rest of the game. There was only sort of one, there was one pivotal point where he, when I charged in with some of my cows, he lifted off the wrong Immortus Guard, which opened up a route for me to charge through into his general, uh, who was his bone shaper uh, sort of general, um, which meant, and I obviously I rode box cars because I'm an excellent player. So... (laughs) So 12 four ups into his general, which he struggles oh. onto his mortis guard. It lifts an extra mortis guard, and then you do the whole flying cow thing, fly off the back of him. Um, it meant that from scoring only four turn one, uh, I'd lifted a few of his key pieces, all these sort of battle tactic scorers as well. And then I steamrolled turns three, four, and five. There was one key point where Arkin was in with one of the Frost Lords, and the other Frost Lord had taken an absolute beating from uh, Catacross. He had one wound left. He declared finest hour. The way the turn played out, um, that that one wound Frost Lord lifted Catacross up and snapped him across his knee, <laughs> uh, doing a very unexpected 14 wounds when only having uh, one wound left. So. Very swingy, very lucky. I'm not going to lie. I know I know how lucky I was for that to happen, but I think even regardless of that situation, because of that little play with the Amortis Guard and taking away those kind of key control pieces for Alistair, that I was in a good place going into turns four and five. So we got the win in that game. Fantastic game. Nice start to the weekend, and and we went into game two uh, ready and raring to go. So, um, yeah, I've played Alistair, and Alistair's a really tight player as well. He knows his stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was a, a good opponent, and he um, he will have pushed it. So, so yeah, it, it, I'm sure. What were the scores? Did you did the scores come into it in any way, like the VP? 26-20, I think it was, for that game. Okay, so, yeah. so close, but I think just reflective of the fact that I got his, I stopped his grand strat by killing his general, who was his yeah. uh, spellcasting savant. Um, yeah. So you probably can see that that six point swing was down to me getting mine and him not getting his. Yeah. Other than that, he was still scoring his five, and I was just trying to keep in it by scoring my five. That's flying cows for you. Nobody really sees it. Um, no, and I think charge, and then you get the flying cow move after it as well. You can certainly get them where you need them, can't you? I think that's probably part of the reason why they do so well. It's, we don't see them. You don't, you know, very often. 
in Scotland. I know you know every so often you might see one person taking them. I don't yeah. think we often see a game yeah. game Mr. five Turner, day two. Mr. Turner comes. Yeah, up. exactly. He yeah. smashed me up with them enough. I've still never beat him. <laughs> so <laughs> so mad. then you luncheon then were you treated to the delights of the campanile or did you go out somewhere else no we were treated to the delights of the campanile and fair play to them they are on the upward swing i think they okay. take the feedback uh, and an action on it so there was soup there was um what else did we get wraps hummus mm. nuggets maybe a smaller field means better food yeah, I think so. I think, and I think no. To be honest, the team are definitely taking feedback. Uh, Matt's really good at feeding back through to them to say that the guys are. Uh, oops, knocking all my sprues over here. That the guys need to work better on their food if they want to keep, you know, the kind of constant uh, engagement they're getting through the Warhammer groups. So they do take that on board. Okay. And the food is the day two. I actually thought the food in day two was better than day one. There was like chicken mayonnaise sandwiches with proper chicken. It wasn't just like cold cut. Uh, it was like breast or thigh chicken no. nice soup yeah it was good okay happy days okay so after your refreshments and luncheon uh what's your mission for round two so round two drum roll please <laughs> it was um the geomatic pulse oh yeah yeah so i, I had like a this one pleasure of playing JJ uh, and it was the first time that JJ and I played at a tournament. And what was so, JJ? JJ had the Nurgle didn't he? He had Magikin yep so he had a flies list and he had four bigs so for this game he chose the four bigs and I chose my undergets list Okay. because against Nurgle if you stay away from them they don't score battle tactics quite as well Okay. by not giving them the opportunity to get a lot of theirs um forces their hand sometimes so I decided to stay back from as much as I could and really tight game in fact one of the tightest games I had in the weekend uh, he went up early I failed a battle tactic the, I, I can't remember what I failed now but I failed a battle tactic in the pulse he chose the pulse to start from where his army was moving towards me which I found to be an interesting one because I've always felt like and you want it pulse you want it moving towards you yeah because uh, you build a you build your position from there and that's that's how the game played out so a couple of you know like as always we played this game right now turns five four and five you had a bit of terrible luck where dice just didn't go his way and i was forced to be really ballsy so i was running out of battle tactics the underguts list struggles with battle tactics it doesn't have access to many of the ones that you get in the ogre book which are really beast claw raiders focused so i was forced to do magic dom in a situation where he could dispel so you're just that's just luck right now i, I got that off which meant i got a battle tactic um in turn four or five and then he, f he didn't get the priority into turn five which meant i could score and be up so he was always chasing me Mm -hmm. And that game finished a dead draw. Now, I had the quarter of my left on the board. He had the Glockin left and maybe a unit of Nugglins, I think. So he didn't have much left on the board. I think I had all three Iron Blasters, the Frost Lord, um, a unit of Iron, uh, unit of Lead Belchers. But in the pack, this is where the weekend kind of pivoted and became the theme of the weekend. Probably if Nathan was here, he'd agree that it's where 
a lot of the narrative got driven for the weekend. So we drew, we flat drew. We both dropped one battle tactic. We both had the same points. We both achieved our grand strategy. So it was a flat draw on the table. Yeah. Now we're playing a bracket system. So someone had to win. And at that table, we stood in a discussion. Nathan initially said, look, you'll have to play another turn. That's how they did it at the World Championships. Okay. I said, well, that's kind of unfair. That that favours me because all I'm going to do is shoot the Iron Blasters into the Glockin's face and control all the objectives. Uh, I don't we'll just dice it. We'll just dice it. It says in the book that if you <coughs> can't come to agreement, you, you roll a dice and, and that's, that's how you decide it. So we both agreed that was the way it went. The first dice we roll, it was a draw. Oh, <laughs> so, you know, the, your heart rate's up at that point. And then the second dice roll, I won it. Now, there is no worse that feels bad for your opponent than to play three hours of Warhammer and then lose it on one dice. And it was evident because JJ's an absolute top bloke and I uh, would never want him to leave the table feeling bad, but somebody had to win. And, yes. you know, if the shoe was another foot, I'm sure I felt the same. But he was a gent, you know, he took it, he took it an absolute well. He shook my hand, gave me a cuddle, uh, and uh, I moved on to game three, still undefeated, if not with two wins in the bag. Yeah, no, it's fair enough, and there's not much else you can do, like you say. It's um, obviously a tough position for Nathan to be in, um, because, you know, you, you think that you have everything covered, and sometimes things get through, and there's nothing you can do about it, and um yeah i mean i'm it's interesting to hear the the different options there i think but yeah you you've 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 done what you say there is justification for the dice roll because it does say in the core rules if you don't if you don't have agreement you roll a dice i think what we talked about yeah personally i think the other way of doing the extra turn would have been yeah, I, I just I just well, think I can see why you know if you if you'd have known that was the case you maybe would have played a bit different players might have played differently leading up to it so I don't know and it's that's what we said there's no hundred no. percent right answer is the I think you've probably bad, pointed out something situation. that I missed I missed there that both uh, both JJ and I both said oh we didn't we didn't know you had to play an extra turn because as yeah. you say, I might have picked a different battle tactic or I may yeah. have done something differently here, there, or there. So I think that the dice roll in that situation was the only thing that could cut through the noise and say, yeah. you know, that's nice and clear for us. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair enough. Um, and, you know, it's it's good and sportsmanly. That, and it's good. Um, it's a good show of characters that players can can accept it and can can move on with. You know, yeah. respect and a smile. So that's that's really good to hear. So, so Saturday night, bit of a social, which was lovely. So the, the majority of us who were of the meat eating variety went to Viva Brazil, which was excellent. A few uh, nice meal, kind of stuff, sort of like big family meal. Would I do different next year? Yes, I would try and pick somewhere where everyone could go because <laughs> um, our vegetarian vegan friends they went somewhere else and they had a great time. I'm sure they enjoyed their meal but it'd have been nicer if we were all there so it's a lesson for me because i organize the social uh, and i'll make sure that next year uh, everyone gets to join and then we get into sunday so yeah. uh, game one on sunday i, I was playing reese our world championship oh. representative oh. 
The tree hugger. Uh, the tree hugger himself. Tree beard. And it was really nice because all weekend, Reese has been like, I'm going to play you at some point. I'm going to play you. And uh, it was nice that Sunday morning to be playing them. So we're down to four people. So my opponent was either going to be Phil McGuinness or Wall or Reese. And uh, I was playing Reese and his Sylvanath. So Winterleaf, no retreat. Uh, Frigid Zephyr, so basically no choice for my position. Had to be the cows. And you won't get a better opponent than Reese. You know, he, he, he makes you laugh. The kind gentleman that he has gave me a, a Liz dice before the game started because I couldn't make it to any of the tournaments that he'd run. It made a proper good game. Um, again, as most games do, pivot on one point. And top of turn two, he'd set himself up to basically smashed me off the table. He had Durthu lined up, he had Belthanus, he had another Tree Lord, all ready to make charges. They were um, sort of seven-inch charges, and unfortunately he rolled no greater than six on four dice rolls, including re-rolls, which is just brutal. And when I then take my turn, I can pick and choose who I engage. I can make sure I get two cows into Belthanus, not touching Durthu, and so on. So that was really unlucky for him, and I recognise that throughout a weekend like this, you do have a lot of luck. This is this is where I got my good share of the luck um, in that game. He did get a double back, and I did start to shit my. <laughs> I, <shit> my <laughs> I did start to kind of kick myself later on in the game when he lifts. You know, I think at one point Darthur did twenty four damage in one swing, as he does, <laughs> uh, which which believe me is extremely scary. Uh, left as a cow off the table, and you start to think I'm running out of models. That's the problem with that list. When things yeah. die, you're not left with many options. Yeah. So I, I won that game tight. It was again, it was really tight, uh, but uh, got the win and moved on to game four. Yeah. No, Reese did well. He's a it's a, one of our heroes, and he's a very nice man. He doesn't complain about my snoring when I stay in a room with him, Andy. <laughs> he must be deaf. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So then you add your chicken mayonnaise sandwiches and your lovely soup. You love it. Go into the details. You're obviously knowing who you're playing because Phil and Will had played each other, and and uh, Will took the win there. Yeah. So it was great because we were playing brackets. It brought a little bit something different to the weekend. So last year's master was a five game. So last year I had won all four games. Going into game five. And could still potentially have lost the Masters having won four games. Yeah. Um, which was stressful to say the least. <laughs> and there was also the outcome where I could have lost the game but still won the Masters, which also had its own negatives and didn't really want to do. So this new thing that Nathan was trying, where it was brackets and only one person can be remain undefeated, um, was was nice. So Will and I, right in the middle of lunch break, basically said in fact, uh, I think it was before lunch, said, I'm taking this list. Well, I'm taking this list. Uh, right, fine. Let's go and have lunch now and just we can relax. We don't have to think about lunch the whole time. What are you going to take? So he, despite me thinking to the contrary, because in game five, uh, four, we were playing uh, Spring the Trap and I convinced myself that he'd bring the zombies because he was using so like Gravelords. So one of his lists had 140 zombies and I thought, Spring the Trap, he can just bring... He's 140 zombies, plunk down on two objectives and say, have you got enough damage to chew through me? But interestingly, he picked his Legion of the Night list. So Manfred, um, is it the 
Falkross brothers or something like that, where you know they're really tanky and come back. Oh, uh, fell bats that you love. Yeah. So and two big blocks of twenty graveguard and a couple of tens of direwolves. So all the jank, you know, a necromancer with blizzard. So beware, uh, get too close to him. And the the artifact that made everything within twelve inches count as two models. So ba- okay. basically, a complete counter to my uh, cows uh, on a three objective game. So we went into the game. <laughs> And straight off the bat, turn two, what do I do? Drop a battle tactic. So I forget about grave sites. I move off an objective. He rolls at the end of my movement phase, yeah, brings back into fail bats. And I'm like, far goodness sake, that's me on the back foot straight off. Uh, sore. And it's hard as well because it's game four. You're away, it's game four. There's people watching. You're like kicking yourself for making a mistake. Ah, still frustrates me because I just keep <laughs> thinking that if I just left him on that objective, uh, none of the stuff that came later might have been a, an issue. But you just you don't know. You don't know how the narrative would have turned out alternatively. So we played it a couple more turns, and the luck really did swing my way. So at one point, I made a couple of long bomb charges. I did exactly the number of stomps I needed to do to take off the unit that was holding up one of my frost lords, which meant he could charge in and sort of. Between turn three and four, I wiped out the midboard, so that all we had left was like Manfred on two wounds and a couple of units on objectives at either edge of the board, like lengthways. Mm-hmm. And the temptation is to fall into that old habit of talking it out. You know what I mean? You're like, well, at this yeah. point, you know, this is all that can happen. But that's not. Nathan was good. He kept saying to us, "Look, folks, play it. Play the game. You've got time in your count, your clock. Just see it through to the end." And once again, it came down to a dice roll. So I was again in a situation where I had no objective, I had no battle tactic that I could definitely get, but I wanted to keep my banker up my sleeve for turn five, just in case something went south. So all the ogres eaten, keep that yep. up your sleeve, and you know you can get that turn five. So you go for Magic Dom. <laughs> I roll a ten in the dice. You know, he rolls a six. I'm I'm lucky enough to get that off. So that secures my fourth battle tactic keeps me in the game he fails a charge he fails bringing something back and then all of a sudden by turn five we're staring down the barrel of another straight draw because he's failed a battle tactic and i've failed a battle tactic <laughs> and all of a sudden at the end of turn five <laughs> uh we're standing each other going it's a dead draw yep it's a dead draw uh what do we do and uh <laughs> You know, he looked to Nathan, who's standing at the edge of the board, just shaking his head, going, how in the name of Christ have, Andy, have you not only managed to do this once, but twice in a weekend? Uh, and I've failed to mention the fact that Will and I played for the Masters against each other last year, and here we are in a rematch uh, in the 2023 Masters uh, with a draw in our hands. So you've probably seen the Twitter video. You've uh, you've seen how it played out. We, yeah. we, went, we went for the dice roll. We rolled a draw. <laughs> we, we shook hands with a quick cuddle. Um, uh, rolled again, and I won on a dice roll. So, well was well was it, it well it hurt. I'm sure it would hurt me as well. So, but someone has to win. As I said, my little spiel on Twitter. So, yeah. Difficult. But equally, the master didn't lose. 
Yeah, someone so, said that. So Yeah, I saw Mick said that. And, you know, to be fair, you didn't. You have to be beaten to lose it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, nobody beat you. Yeah, but I didn't win four. Well, and, you and, didn't and, lose and, any. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, so, no, but, yeah, I think, and I want to use this time to kind of give Wilson plaudits because, yeah. first off, what a player, you know. Yeah. Uh, he understands the game he's he's the cleanest player um that you'll find he he'll, he'll communicate to you what he expects what he's looking for and vice versa kind of creates that environment where you can ask him to be tight and clean in a, in a very accurate place you know if you're finding that there's a kind of crux point yeah. in the game and you really want to be fine with it he's, he's quite happy to be challenged and say like oh let's get the let's get the gauges out and make sure that's exactly right yeah, definitely. You can tell he's got a competitive wargaming background. Yeah, and I know he yeah. comes from a different game from War Machine there, but you know he's he's very good at communicating, uh, yeah. and he's very polite, a very nice guy, and you know everything's above board. You never yeah. have any kind of like fears that he's trying to sort of like a uh, rough chat you into anything. He's like one of the fairest people you'll play. I think it's a good and guy, he, and he's passionate. You know, you can tell he really cares yeah. about the game. You can tell he really cares about having a good, clean game. We actually shared the car on the way up, so I got a chance to really kind of get to know him and, and he talked through what he, he wants in a game, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And even in a high-pressure situation like game four for the Masters, made a bit of a laugh and a joke. We could, you know, we could sing songs generally just about a nice time. And even afterwards when things didn't go his way, shook my hand, he gave me a cuddle, and despite the intense level of disappointment, you know, he took the time to congratulate me, so... Didn't give you a lift home, though, told you to get fucked. No, I, I had to drive <laughs> him home, so thank fuck I won. <laughs> could have, yeah. It could have been a, a very quiet journey, but it was very enjoyable. Oh, no, he's a... No, another good spot, so... You know, these youngsters, they're going to be the, the future, the future... Well, if I'm dabbling in 40k, you don't know where I'll be this time next year. Oh, there's no dabbling in 40k. What about the old world? Are you thinking oh, of that? that? as well. Bretonians uh, and Kemri are always going to draw me. I think I've got... There's definitely a Tim King's army in, that, in my uh, cupboard of opportunity somewhere. Yeah, but I remember it. I just bought a house, so I don't think uh, I can dabble in too many systems. I think no. I'm going to have to stick to doing DIY for the next few months. I'll just stick to the ones you excel in. That's all right. No, you've so been very good. Nuggle and ogres, it is. Yeah, no, um, no, well done. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. I, I look forward to seeing if you can get three on the bounce. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll wait and see. Yeah, no, no, you did well. And well done to Nathan for uh, for it. I think from the people that I've spoke to who went there, uh, everybody's been happy. Um, so it's all positive stuff, and I think it'll only get better. I think it is a good idea, the four games. Um, I think that it, it just having a clear winner is good. Just spelling out what will happen. I think an extra turn's fair, especially when you're only having two games a day mm-hmm. um, because there's good good breaks between each one. Um, it's not making it too much of a push. So I think I think that that might be a way forward if, if he decides to put that in there. I don't think people will, uh, will you know, reject it i think that's no good. but i think it will change the composition of people's armies 
Yeah. I think uh, I think if it had been in the pack, if people had knew that they might have to play a turn six or seven, that they may have taken different armies. I think you might have seen more Daughters of Cain or you might have seen more KO, you know, the armies yeah. with access to some really easy battle tactics because as gamers, we're always going to err to that side of caution. You know, there's always that potential that it goes to turn five or six. So you always try and keep that opportunity up your sleeve because we didn't expect it. I don't think anyone thought well i'll keep intimidate up my sleeve for turn six when he did because yeah. you, you kind of always expect to get the game done in five turns yeah well it should be done in five turns shouldn't it oh, i mean so? were there any other draws apart from those two no i had the unfortunate pleasure of being it's the only person to have two turns it's just me <laughs> it's only, it's me. It's only you that has i'm the i'm six the chaos six. element in this argument <laughs> oh no it's good um so yeah, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I, I liked the sound of it. It it was very interesting by the looks of it. How did uh, it I look think, from outside? I think, I think it would have been good if it was. I know it couldn't be done, but I think it would have been good if the Lasters was rolled into it like it used to be in mm. terms of keeping the community whole. Yeah. Um, because I think that when that was brought about last year, that was just so that everybody was in the the same space. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I know. I know that there's politics involved. That the master, the lasters wanted to stay um, at common ground, and you know, it had already been arranged for um, for the other place and stuff. And ugh, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But yeah, I think it would be nice if the, the if there's a way for them to realign in future. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it'd be good. And I don't think that anybody had say no. I think it was just on based on venues that were booked. So, um, yeah, I think that's the only the only downside I've heard in terms of or I saw or, or saw from the whole thing. But I think the Lasters went well and Masters went well, uh, and I'm sure they can both do well next year. Hopefully, yeah, I I I think you're right. I think that. And trying to please everyone, sometimes you can please no one. And potentially that's what's happened this year where everyone's kind of done their own thing because it suited them. And I know that we had to move dates for the Masters to suit yeah. the majority of folk to make it, which meant there was then a split. And then obviously that things go down yeah. their own roads. But I think that we have to remember that everyone's doing the best they can and that everyone's trying to do what's right for everyone. Yeah. Everyone wants what's best for the community and for exactly, the game. Exactly. And, you know, it's it. also it was a new Masters TO. It was a new Lasters TO as well. So, you know, everybody's everybody's just doing the best. Um, so I, I think it went well, though. On the whole, it's a positive. We shouldn't let that overshadow that both events went well and were well received and both TOs did really well and all the players had a good time. That's what exactly. matters. Oh, exactly. So, You're 100% right. Yeah. So, well done to everyone for getting to Masters. Well done to Will and to JJ for rounding out the, the top three. And uh, thanks again to Nathan for all his effort. Uh, I know it's not easy to organise a tournament, so well done. And you're going to be doing your, uh, your tournament this year. Tempest. Tempest, yeah. This is uh, my commitment to, to Big Daddy Scott is that I take over his baby and 
Uh, do it this year, so I need to find a suitable date. Yeah, One any rough ideas the for the time of year? Uh, I don't think I'm going to commit to anything yet. I need to, <laughs> much like yourself, I'm uh, childed up at the weekends, so yeah. I need to look and see what works and and go from there. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one, especially when the, there's there's a lot of tournaments in this first half of the year already booked, uh, which is really good for the for the scene. Uh, then there's obviously Six Nations and Worlds to work around as well, and childcare and holidays, and it's not easy, is it? Too many variables, but we'll make it work. So yeah. don't worry, folks, Tempest will return. It will indeed, and the rankings are going again, I, I've heard. Is yeah, Mike's, doing the, Mike's stepped up again. He's a top hobby hero, so he's out there collating all the results so if you run a tournament folks make sure you've got your results in an excel format and that you get it over to mike nice and sharp so that you can get those rankings updated because i know we all secretly love to get a wee look and see where we're sitting on that uh -huh. ladder what what's your next event going to be broken realms may try and see if i can get a ticket i don't know if there's any left but i'll put myself on they the go on list. sale on the first of march ah there you go so i think, I think i'll try and yeah don't try and get it. it might be 8am so i think that falls a weekend round child free so there's an opportunity for me to go because and... i'm going as well because oh. i think we've got aligned weekends <laughs> <laughs> imagine that yeah. two fathers well, over time their weekends yeah. aligned so yeah i think that's probably my next slot and then after that it'll be worlds so yeah Oofed. how time flies no well there you go get some prep in no doubt uh once this battle scroll drops, everyone will know what they're doing. Yeah, I can see uh, a lot of the old social media will be a buzz tent when that drops. I think everyone will be doing their what is the must take lists. And from that, it's just getting the practice, isn't it? Whether it be TTS or yeah. physical games. Well, that'll be it probably then. I can't see there being another another uh, change before before the next edition and I well, think Worlds is definitely this edition so you should be able to really put some time in unless they react to the backlash you know we were promised quarterlies you took six months to get this one out oh, oh sorry folks we'll get another one out in may i think All six months is better honestly think so? quarterly is too short yeah because quarterly right all you've got is a load of people griping you've got such a small amount of tournaments to base it from and you spend, if you're not already on the ball and with the curve, you, you can't commit to doing anything because you're always feeling you're too close to battle scroll dropping. It's really killed a lot of my enthusiasm having a quarterly refresh. See, I think that's I think, interesting. I, think I, that's... I, I really like it when you know where you are for a set period. I think I think six monthly is fine. I really do. I just I just wouldn't have put the points in the GHB or something and just had it come out a month after that. I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell people how to do it because they, they know what they're doing. I know we like to slag people off, but, you know, that's what they do. We're never going to keep us all happy. But I just think that this always thinking ahead to the next battle scroll takes away my enjoyment of what I'm going to do now. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't I don't like not being able to build and paint what I want to paint to play a game. Yeah. Um, and second guessing what might happen. So, yeah, that's my wine. I'm getting old. I'm too old for this, and I paint too slow to take advantage of the bloody battle scroll. <laughs> right, old man. Bedtime for you. I'm going to be bed. <laughs> Get fucked. Right. <laughs> On that bombshell. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm going to say um, we'll, we'll hopefully be back again soon. You know, we'll, we'll get you and we'll get uh, maybe Nathan and DJ to have a chat. Um, I think so. Get the world's team in and and get uh, get some get some hype built up and and let people know what you're do doing in the training review. camp. That'd let's do a battle scroll review and then let's do a old team. Yeah, we could do that. We could do a battle scroll review next. That'd be nice. Okay, there's the bombshell. We've actually committed to a schedule. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. It's good night from Orkney. It's good night from Ayrshire. There we go. Thank you very much, sir. I'm going to press a button.